Thank you for joining us for another episode of the SIRS Group Podcast. I am JC. And I'm Barbara. Today we are doing the second phase of the Shoemaker Protocol, the only clinically proven path to healing from SIRS. And this are this phase is are the foundational steps. Are the foundational steps? This, this phase, phase is part of the foundational. <laughs> this phase is the foundational. Phase. Oh, it is the foundational. Yes. Is. Yes. Is. Welcome to Sir's Brain. <laughs> uh, so as we all know, the Shoemaker Protocol has 12 steps and those steps are divided into five phases. This is the second phase. If you missed the first phase, it was diagnosis. You can go watch our last episode. And today we are covering the steps in the foundation phase. It's basically lipid replacement, limbic system retraining, or just uh, uh, care, both focus, treatment. Uh, anyway, that limbic, and I already forgot. Wow. Oh my God. <laughs> Guys, I am back. <laughs> I am back on in phase three, but I skipped to phase two and this is what happens. Go ahead. Go ahead, JC. The, the the last step of the second phase that we're talking about right now is removing yourself from exposure. Yes. It's a big, it's a big step. It is a really big, it's actually the, maybe the biggest step for most people sometimes. It's the hardest step. I don't blame you for just eliminating it from your mind. I just like, blocked it right out. No, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but let's go back to um, the first one I said. Lipid replacement. So there's a couple reasons why you need to do lipid replacement for surge treatment. Number one is you have a bunch of biotoxins just banging around in your body, like ripping their way through cell, cell walls, doing damage. Um, and the omega-3s that they recommend for surge treatment um, can help with the oxidative damage that SIRS and the biotoxins directly cause. But the other reason why you're going to want to do the lipid replacement is because the biotoxin binders that you're going to take in the next phase, uh, either closed diamine is the gold standard or Wellcall, which is also effective, but less effective, meaning you're going to extend your healing time significantly. But both of those binders are old school cholesterol meds. So they're not statins. Calm down not statins, um, but they are old school cholesterol meds. They are bile acid sequestrants. So they actually pull fat from your bile and they do that intentionally. So by doing the lipid replacement, you can kind of buffer your cell walls against not only the biotoxin damage, but also the effects of the biotoxin binders on your lipid profile, essentially. Sorry, I feel like that was very convoluted in how I explained it. But that's why you're going to want to start the lipid replacements. And you're going to want to start them about four weeks before you start the binder, at least, at least four weeks. Yes. And, and I would say, so to reiterate the, the biotoxins, the issues, the thing that's causing the inflammation in your body is like hiding out in your fat cells, basically. And so the, the binders are binding to the whole deal and kind of taking it, taking the toxins out of your body by the way you poop it out, like it's taking it to your poop, but then it's also uh, taking fat with it as well. So that's why that part is important. That was my weird attempt at 
rephrasing what you said. And I think, I think I understood it correctly. Right. Yeah, no, it's perfect. I think I talk about this with an assuming people have more context than they do. So I always appreciate your clarifications. We, I mean, we both have to keep our, each other in check on that because we've been in this now for, for over a year. Yeah. Hey, congrats. We've been SIRS people for over a year. Happy SIRS anniversary. Like <laughs> you too. <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so lipid replacement therapy can be done in a variety of ways. Um, my favorite has been a product called Omaprem which is like high dose omega-3s and uh, fish oil supplements, basically like Biomega 500. Um, But there are also other options like phosphatidylcholine or P-choline, which feels like earwax in your mouth. (laughs) It's not actually that bad. It's like really, really thick cough syrup, I guess is maybe a more accurate description of what it feels like, uh, and I didn't like it at all. I'm going to do the listeners a favor and ask how you know what the texture of your wax in your mouth is like. You know, you're just making assumptions. You have to make assumptions about it. When you see it and when you watch it on the spoon, you just have to imagine, like, if you just went and, like, gathered a bunch of earwax from people. This this isn't helpful. This isn't helpful at all. It is helpful though because I think the phosphatidylcholine thing. It like not only is the texture nasty, it's also not the most flavorful thing in the, on the planet. But we did find a hack that you can do. First of all, it comes in pill form. Do yourself a favor. But if you do happen to get the liquid because you hate yourself, I don't know. Put it in the fr- fridge. Like put it in the fridge. It's a fat. So if you put it in the fridge, it becomes more solid. So it's less likely to like burst its little fat cells in your mouth. So you can kind of swallow it easier. It it makes it a lot easier to take. So I'm glad we're going down this tangent because hopefully that helps someone. I hope so too. I will, I will add though, that the pill, the pill version of it is massive. Like if you're already bad at at taking pills, uh, which I am, unfortunately, I'm just one of those people that can only have one at a time. Uh, And it's like this whole thing and I have to gulp a bunch of water with each one. It's a whole thing. But these are difficult pills of all pills to uh, to swallow. I'm glad we're really digging deep on this one. Yeah. So I am really bad at getting my blood drawn. And Barbara is I'm not going to call you really bad, but you're kind of a weenie when it comes yeah. to taking pills. Yeah. Um, I'll take that. Yeah. It's accurate. Mm-hmm. But they're bigger than like normal high dose fish oil. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're big. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> so I don't <laughs> know which are is like, They are that like gel capsule like texture, which generally do slide down the old gullet pretty <laughs> easily, but it's just still not comfortable. I mean, it's just, yeah. I think I just have a very sensitive gag reflex maybe. Another really common thing that some providers will recommend is polycosinol, which is just another lipid that you can take. Um, I would say the recommendations from providers seem pretty standard that they're going to put you on some sort of high dose fish oil. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of us have in the group have seen improvement with the the Omaprem specifically being like a really big game changer for a lot of people. And for me personally, if I'm not 
on top of my lipid replacement, I can feel it. Like my hands get really dry. And then I, st- I eventually figured out that if I wasn't staying on top of my lipid replacement, that was when I would have an autoimmune flare. That's uh, that makes it very, and, and I will say, I guess on the flip side of that coin, I've been very lax with taking mine and I do notice that my skin gets a bit dry without it. But other than that, I don't necessarily, I have not connected the dots on any particular flare up or issue. That doesn't mean to say that it's not causing one, but I, I have not noticed as much of an issue with that. Definitely another lever to pull if you're not yes. feeling hundred percent. And now mm-hmm. on to limbic. Yes. Limbic retraining. So can I, can I talk about Pavlov's dog for a second? Please do. So limbic retraining, your limbic system is the neural pathways in your brain. And if you're familiar with Pavlov's dogs, Pavlov taught the dogs to drool when they heard the sound of the bell because they associated that sound with their dinner. So it's creating a trigger and an association, the trigger being the bell and the association being, oh, we get food now. So even when the food was absent, if the bell rang, the dogs would drool. The same thing happens with people. Turns out we're not that evolved. If you have constant triggers, like someone who's experiencing a chronic illness, eventually your neural pathways are going to rewire inappropriately to incorrect triggers, meaning that you're going to have that association or that symptom, regardless of whether or not the actual trigger is present. So limbic retraining is the process of rewiring your neural pathways so that you only react to actual triggers. So limbic retraining, I think sometimes it's promoted as like this cure-all. If you, you know, do these programs, then you won't have chronic illness. And I don't believe that to be a hundred percent true. I just think it removes the errant pathways that were created by your chronic illness. And you're still going to have that underlying chronic illness that created them in the first place, which is why you would continue along on the shoemaker protocol. Right. It's, I, I do kind of compare it to um, maybe if somebody listening has experienced some version of PTSD. Um, You know, there's the classic, you know, war veteran comes home and a balloon pops and he thinks he's back in the war situation. I don't know that limbic retraining alone will help like a traumatic event and processing of that. I think therapy and and other things uh, are also important in, in looking at that specific situation, but you can kind of use that as a metaphor for how your body is is kind of overreacting to something exactly what you just said it's like your your uh immune system is like a war vet and a balloon just popped and your immune system's like i've got to kill everything um and, and save myself basically because i'm back in the war but uh no you have to like actually it's a it's a way to communicate with your body and mind and the connections that are happening that no, you are safe now. That was then, this is now. It's just a way of um, putting that into place in your brain, basically. Um, And that's how it could potentially work. But it's more than just, oh, I'm actually safe now. And just telling yourself that over and over again, because it's not, not quite that simple. It's not just telling yourself that you're healed. To your point, JC, it's not like this cure all. Um, There's more to it than that. Absolutely. There's a couple of really famous programs that people might be familiar with, like DNRS and Gupta. However, my belief is that the best limbic retraining you can do is the limbic retraining that resonates with you. And I think it's going to take a couple of tries, right? Like you're going to try DNRS 
and maybe think it's a bit woo-woo or you don't want to commit a total hour every day to doing that. And then you might do what I did and just have this innate feeling that I needed to pursue joy. And so I found this book called The Joy Plan and it it was like a flip, a switch flipped that one in my mind overnight. I think uh, you know how angsty I was for months and months and months. And then I read The Joy Plan and I was like, well, life doesn't have to suck. And that yeah. was profound for me. Um, but previously I tried DNRS and I'm not trying to bad talk DNRS because I know it works for a lot of people. It just wasn't the Olympic retraining for me. Sure. Yeah. No, it's that's a perfect, uh, perfect thing. So, so if it means identifying, sitting down and writing a list of the things that you love to do and trying to find ways to do that, those things more often, that's limbic retraining. That's just putting yourself in that joyful place, the happy place, whatever that means to you. Um, within reason, you know, don't go on a spending spree and go into debt. Don't don't shoot yourself in the foot in the long run with these uh, with the things that you love to do. But if they're easy things that you can do within your uh, resources, um, those are the things to aim for in your life. Yeah, and you can even if that feels like a lot right now. You can also start doing things like learning a language or learning to play an instrument or brushing your teeth with your non-dominant hand, like anything or ch change the furniture around in your room. Like you just need to change what's happening in your brain. It's like your brain is a car on a dirt road and it has rained. So now there are these ruts, roots, ruts, ruts, ruts in the road. I think so. I've never heard of roots in the road. Okay, it's probably ruts, ruts in the road that your tires just kind of default to. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to change your default. And so anything you can do to kind of like get out of that routine and rewire, start rewiring your brain is going to like, it's baby steps, but they're steps. Blaze new trails. Yes, like new it. roots. New roots. Or and ruts. ruts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, rut makes sense because you're stuck in a rut. Yes, it must be right. From it must be. Yeah, tell us in the comments if we're wrong. I'm gonna go look it up after this. But yes, I'm gonna <laughs> say you're definitively it. right. I accept this as canon. All right, there we go. So the cool thing about the lipid replacement and the limbic retraining is like you can do those right now. You yep. don't have to wait for a service provider. You don't have to wait for a diagnosis. You could literally start right now. Uh, but that kind of leads us to the next step, which is removing yourself from exposure. And this one is probably the hardest step for most people of the entire protocol. Yes. And I, I want to say I did not take it as seriously a year ago. I just, I didn't, um, removing yourself from exposure can mean a lot of different things, depending on what your biotoxin is in most cases. And in a, a vast majority of cases, it is mold related or home or workplace related. Let's say there's water damage in your home or workplace or somewhere where you are often. And uh, the mold particulates in the air, the actinos, as we've covered in previous episode, um, and endotoxins all swarming around you and being inhaled and being in your walls potentially that's what you need to remove. And yes, 
it sucks. It can suck. It can be very expensive. It can be time consuming. It can displace you out of your home. We know people who've had to basically set up their living quarters in a tent outside of their home temporarily because their family is fine, but they are not because they're the one with the genetic haplotype and are suffering from SIRS. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of, there's a lot to it, obviously. And, um, and it can be very difficult to do. There's a test you can do um, to see what your mold exposure might be in your environment. Um, lately, I've been hearing everyone talk about the Envirobiomics number seven, which sounds like you're ordering a cocktail or something fun, but it's really a hurts me, which measures the mycotoxins in your environment, an endotoxin score and an actinomycete score, which is the chemical soup that Barbara was talking about uh, that occurs in a water damaged building. Uh, my hurts me came back really high. I was living with my family for the first time in a decade. And it was like, oh, finally, I get to be there for like family events and be a part of everyone's lives. And then the test came back really high. Um, and they live in Florida. So even if they did remediate, it's like, why? <laughs> the entire state is not okay. And I'm going to get in so much trouble for just like talking crap on Florida all of the time. But I just think the entire state needs to be scrapped. I don't. I mean, when, when you fly over the state, which I did recently, because I was in Florida for 10 days. And by the way, my biotoxin score got worse and I failed the VCS test afterwards. I'm just saying, but (laughs) when you fly over Florida, you look down and there are trees, but then there's water in between. Like that's not a state. That's not land. That's a swamp. That's a, it's a swamp, but like, that's not, why is that even considered, like, why is that part of the, the shape of Florida? Like that whole Everglades area just should just be a big hole. Like, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. Yeah. It's a lot of water. So it didn't make sense to remediate. And so I chose to leave and I feel lucky in the sense that I didn't have to spend, you know, a hundred grand remediating my house or however much it would cost. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's hard being separated from my family. And I, I left with just what I could fit in a suitcase. And so I've I've kind of had to rebuild everything in my new environment. So I just don't want to downplay, like I want to validate and recognize that this is difficult, but it's so worth it, like so worth it for the healing that I've had. Before I removed myself from exposure, I was in pain every day. I was depressed. I had suicidal ideation. I left that environment. I started the surge treatment. And now I would say I'm like 95%. And I never thought I'd be able to say that again. Yeah. Yeah. And so if if you if it, you're stuck where you are and you're not sure about re- remediation, what that's going to entail, and maybe you're waiting for your test results, one thing that you can do is try to make at least one room in your home kind of a safe haven of sorts. Uh, buy a couple air filters, do a deep clean, preferably not yourself. Have someone else do it. Hire somebody, or or hopefully you have a supportive partner that can help, um, or or family member, and try to block that that room off from the rest of the house however you can whether that's blocking the air vents um and and just stay in that room as much as possible while you're there at the house um 
that's just a one step. It's one thing that you can start. And then of course, a deep clean of the rest of the house and you, you can move on and do room by room as you have the energy and the time and the, and the money to be able to do that. Um, but those, that test that you mentioned, uh, would, and we'll link to it in the show notes is uh, a really solid baseline foundational test to start the process. You just need to do, it's the Swiffer test is the one that you want. And you just take a Swiffer pad basically and wipe a dozen different locations all in your home and read the instructions. It'll tell you how to do it and send it off to a lab. And then they tell you in about a week, maybe less, uh, what your results are. And from there, you can make a decision. If your scores aren't too bad and you're not feeling too bad, that's a good combination. You can probably move along on the protocol depending on what your practitioner says. But if the scores aren't great, that may be time to look at hiring an indoor environmental professional or an IEP to come and actually physically look at your location, whether it's your workplace or your home. Um, you really can't trust anyone's assessment virtually. It does need to be in person. I think that's really important. There's certain tests that they're going to need to do more specifically there uh, at your home or work. Um, and that's that's where that's the direction you will probably need to go if you do need to do full-on remediation of any kind. And that's just mold. There are other biotoxins. So the other common one that people need to remove themselves from exposure of is Lyme. And Lyme is in, in your body. Um, so you want to work with a Lyme literate practitioner or an LLP who will help get you through a Lyme protocol. And this might be in conjunction with some of the SERS protocol steps, or they might want you to completely address the Lyme before you can move forward with the SERS protocol. It kind of depends on your SERS provider. And they might have recommendations of LLPs they've worked with, or some of the Shoemaker protocols specialize in both. Um, so it might be worth reaching out to the providers on survivingmold.com to see if they either A, have a recommendation or B, can also treat you for the Lyme. I, I, you know what, I guess we haven't had anybody go through like the red tide as their main issue. We've had people go through like, oh, I swam in this lake or I swam in this part of the, the world. And, but like, it was always in conjunction with other stuff. They also had a water damage building and they also, you know, they, they, it was more than just that. So I don't know that the protocol is any different. Obviously don't stay in the lake. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't be removing the, the uh, exposure in that situation. Right. <laughs> You see red algae run, <laughs> right? And right. there are some. Uh, there's been studies now about long COVID and or post COVID syndrome and SIRS. So if that's something that you think might be impacting you, um, you can definitely check out like spike protein damage protocols and work with a provider who's willing to kind of take you through those steps as well. Um, that is something that I personally did, and I think it was. Uh, really necessary in my own SARS healing. Yeah. And there are a couple doctors uh, that specialize in that or have added that to their website because obviously they're seeing quite a bit of it given the fact that literally everyone has had COVID. And it's a brand new biotoxin. How exciting. Yay. There's not even a genetic haplotype for it yet. Maybe someday. Maybe someday it'll graduate. It's like sainthood or something, <laughs> but for biotoxins. <laughs> So that concludes this phase of the foundational steps. 
I am going to add like a quick bonus step of like, do whatever it takes to feel really good right now. Like you want this protocol to be as like least intolerable as possible. So any practices you can put in place now that'll help you get through the protocol are going to be really just helpful and help, help you feel better throughout this experience. So I think of this as like biohacking as a general, like blanket term, like do things that make you feel good, get out in nature, uh, be in sunlight, work on your sleep hygiene, make sure you poop every day. Once you get on those binders, the main side effect is constipation. So just get into like a really regular state, like do yourself that favor. And there's definitely like actionable things you can do right now before even working with a provider before being able to leave your environment. Just do what you can, and all of those things are good things. All of those things are steps towards healing. Well, if you are interested in more support in your SIRS healing journey, you can join us over at thesirsgroup.com. And next time we will cover phase three. Oh, yeah. Don't even know. No, it's the binders. That'll be fun. That'll be a good one. We'll see you then. See you there.